Antonio Brown sings the praises of Antonio Brown. The Browns quarterback carousel <laughs> may keep spinning, and we preview the AFC South and NFC North. Welcome to this, a special edition of The Clinic, talking NFL and gambling. I'm Sammy Neighbor. This, we, I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my man? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you, Sammy? I can't complain, man. Always fun to talk football. John, how you doing? What up, what up? Happy Friday night. Happy Friday night indeed. And what better way to start off our Friday night pod than talking about Antonio Brown. He's back in the news because he reposted a graphic on Thursday displaying a seemingly fake quote attributed to him saying his biggest regret from his playing career was that he couldn't watch himself play from a third party perspective. Brown tweeted, quote, sincerely AB when sharing the made up quote, which then compared that experience to seeing the Beatles or Jesus perform at Colorado's famous Red Rocks venue. Here's the quote. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a quote cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Oh my goodness. Indeed. Uh, so, again, this quote was made up by a meme site, and apparently AB thought it was so accurate he reposted it. So, do we think that this was also kind of his way of saying that he was retiring? And just in general, what are we thinking about AB reposting this quote and actually trying to own it for himself? I'll let either one of you kick this one off. Okay, maybe maybe I'm out of the loop here, but did he... I know he took his shirt off and did a victory lap against the Jets. Yes. And I know that he called the general manager a cracker. Mm-hmm. But did he really do these other two things? Show up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with fro- I know he had frozen feet, but did he really show up late to camp late in a hot air balloon? I actually don't know, but the fact that we're even debating it tells you probably all you need to know about Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and uh, throwing rocks at the UPS driver. It's funny because that happened. That happened. It, oh, well, that doesn't really surprise. I mean, Antonio Brown, he is. I'm trying to think of a, a great comparison in the NBA who's like that. I mean, Kyrie is kind of crazy, but not to that level. But I mean, what can we what can we say? This is just, this is like a self-explanatory story. It's just so it's so Antonio Brown that I I, I can I can't believe, it, but at the same time I can believe it. I, I mean, what do you guys think, JJ? This is just wild to me, man. Yeah, it's definitely wild, and John, I don't think this is his way of retiring because you have to have options to retire, and he doesn't have any options. That's the funny part. He's he's saying that people are saying, oh, this is how he's going to retire, but if no one offers you a job or you don't currently have a job, I don't think it's retiring, guys, is it? It's forced retirement, I think. It's the term. forced retirement. Might and as well give him a gold watch. Yeah, no one wants to sign him, and... He was a talented player, but you could see his history with Steelers, how he forced his way out with the Raiders, and how, like what John put it eloquently, took off his shirt like a rock star and said peace to the Buccaneers, who arguably had a great chance of winning the Super Bowl last year with Brady, and who needed him 
since their wide receiver got injured. Right. Isn't it interesting, too, that Brady just kept trying to bring him with him wherever he was going, and finally, yeah. finally in Tampa, like, after that, it was just like, you can't even, can't even try anymore. But, so do we think, will he ever play another, another down in the NFL, or is this it? Go on, Marcus. Here's my, here's my answer. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael Scott. John, that, are that, you going to I actually think he will play. I think he's mm. going to continue to get chances like Josh Gordon inexplic- inexplicably keeps getting chances. I don't know. For some reason, the NFL, they just love giving guys second chances that don't deserve it. And third That's and true. fourth and fifth chances. Yeah, I mean, it happens more often than we, you know, than, we're, we, than I think. And so I'm going to say, no, he has not played his last snap okay. in the NFL. Do this you one's think tough for me. This is the 50-50. I am I have a very slight lean toward JJ only because for receiver age he is starting to get a little bit older. But if a team that considers itself a contender loses a guy in week eight or week nine, we might end up seeing him on the field again. It's easy to justify things in the NFL. You know, Deshaun Watson comes to mind if it if it helps the bottom line. So. Sammy, do you see the Chiefs picking him up? No way. Andy no Reid won't put up with him. No. <laughs> Cheetah 2.0, baby. <laughs> this, this a whole other. It's a this, whole other beast over here. This leopard has different spots. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But with that, I will move on to the next topic, close to to JJ's heart as well as June's. Shout out to June, who's not here, as well as RJ. Jimmy Garoppolo is rumored to be considered by the Browns if Deshaun Watson's suspension increases. So last time we did this NFL pod, we talked about that Deshaun Watson's initial suspension was given out to be six games. The NFL went ahead and appealed, and there are rumors that they are seeking a year and that the middle ground looks like it's going to be somewhere between about eight and 12 games. So Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com reported that the Browns will consider trading for Jimmy Garoppolo if the uh, NFL's designee Peter Harvey's ruling results in a significantly longer suspension for Watson. So right now, Jacoby Brissett would be the starter with Watson out of the lineup, and Cleveland is rumored to be comfortable with that for six or eight games. But if it goes beyond that, the Browns might rethink it. So I got two questions for both of you on this. Would you agree with this move for Cleveland if made? And let's say it'll cost probably something like a third-round pick. And hypothetically, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for 10 games and Cleveland trades for Jimmy G, what's the Browns' ceiling this season? JJ, since Jimmy G is close to your heart, let's start with you here. I think the Browns will should definitely consider trading for Jimmy G for a third-rounder. They have a lot of talent on the team. That's always been the main, I guess, selling point of why you signed to the Browns within the past three to four years. But what's been the main issue? It's always been quarterback. Right. And you've seen Baker Mayfield, who had high promise, and they ended up trading him to get Deshaun Watson. But with this whole Watson ordeal, it's, there's so much to be unknown, and 
the NFL is just weird, guys. Like, wasn't it the NFL who hired this third party to investigate, and now they're going against that third party that they hired, which doesn't make sense, and all the media outlets have criticized the NFL for doing this? And I think this goes back to what you were saying, Sammy, in the previous NFL pod, which is they're doing this as kind of like a dog and pony show to make themselves look better. Hey, the initial consequence will be six games, but let's bump it up mm-hmm. to a year or propose a year, but we'll meet halfway with 10. Right. So I'm, I know I'm going off tangent, but with Jimmy G and the, the Browns, they should definitely think about it because you need to win. 10 games is more than half of the season. Agreed. John, what do you think? <laughs> Cleveland Browns, man. Every time I think about them, it's just like it's like a comedy show for, for this team. And I feel bad for anybody that's a Browns fan because they get they have no good quarterbacks. They haven't had a good quarterback in a long, long time. Maybe forever. Who knows? Bernie Kozar, baby. JJ hit the nail on the head because as soon as they get a good quarterback, this happens. And understandably, he's getting suspended. He'll probably be suspended longer, I suspect. And there's no way that the Browns can roll with the better backup. So, I, I mean, I think they should trade for Jimmy G. I just don't, I mean, like, what's your ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're, gonna, you're probably going to, at best, he's just a great game manager. I mean, he's not going to win you games. He's going to maybe help you not lose games. But you're going to have to rely on guys like Nick Chubb, Obviously, you always have to rely on him. Kareem Hunt doesn't want to play there anymore, apparently. And I don't think I would touch Amari Cooper in fantasy with a 10-foot pole if Deshaun Watson (laughs) is not the quarterback. So, I mean, regardless, I still think they should trade for him because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe Deshaun Watson, they need to, like JJ said, they need to stay in the playoff hunt in the event that Deshaun Watson is maybe only gone 12 games, right? Then... If you're in the playoff hunt, he can go down. He can play for the last five, maybe get into a rhythm. And who knows, make some noise in the playoffs. But it all depends on how long he's going to get suspended for, which is, you know, still up in the air. Maybe they do need a game manager, though, right? The past few years, their quarterbacks have put them in tough spots due to turnovers. And Jimmy G isn't your Tom Brady or Drew Brees, but I know the Jimmy G fans... You guys annoy me, but I guess you can't argue with the results, which is when he did play, he either made it to the Super Bowl or the Western Conference or the, you know, the title game, the NFC title game. Sorry. Well, so I'm conflicted on this and I'll tell you why. I think they were comfortable not trading for him if it was a six game suspension, because here's the first six games of the season at Carolina, home Jets. Home Steelers, at Atlanta, home Chargers, home Patriots. Most likely, they were going to be an underdog in two of those games at most. They so could win three, four, right? They'd probably they be three and three at worst. With Brissette, at worst, yeah, three and three. With Brissett, I think they could go four and two. Yeah. Here's the problem. Here's game seven through ten. At Baltimore, home Cincinnati, at Miami, at Buffalo. If they don't have Watson, they're going to be underdogs in all four of those games. So here's the here's why I'm conflicted though. Put Garoppolo in in place of Brissett against those four. 
How many of those do you expect them to win realistically? Uh, I think the Panthers are going to beat the Browns, and I think Baker Mayfield is going to show out. That's just me. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I I could totally see that, John. Yeah. But how about those last four specifically, where they're saying that they might trade for somebody? Like, so let's go at Baltimore, home Cincinnati, at Miami, at Buffalo. Take Jacoby Brissett out. Put Jimmy Garoppolo in. What does yeah, that do on those four? Potentially beat. Potentially beat Baltimore. And they could beat Miami. Cincinnati okay. and Buffalo, I'm not going to bet on So that you're saying pass. two and two at best. Two and they, two. With Brissett, they go likely 0 and 4 in those games, right? I would say so. John, what do you think on that one? I mean, how much. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, I, I, would... I personally think they win one of those, they drop the other one, they go one and three. I mean, like... other than being both Tom Brady's proteges. Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Good call. What, uh, like, like, who's are they that much? Is one much better than the other? Or I, I do they... think Garoppolo is significantly better than Brissett personally. Okay, I, I do think that. I think Garoppolo does a better job of literally managing the game and not making mistakes. Brissett will take one too many shots that, frankly, he doesn't have the arm talent for. Okay. And with the way they're going to play with him in there, where they're going to try to, you know, ball control, play good defense, those mistakes get amplified. So, but at the same time, I just feel like that quality of competition is going to be so high outside of, I don't know what I think of Miami yet. I'll throw that out there to both of you. I, I think Miami might be a nine-win team. So I think they could take that game. The other three... I don't know, man. Garoppolo, on top of his game, maybe will give them a shot against Baltimore or Cincinnati. I don't think they have any shot of beating Buffalo. But no. at, at best, two and two, most likely one and three. And so, Buffalo looks like it'll be in November. And it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Yeah. And just to put this out there, fellas, we don't know how Deshaun Watson's going to even play because he's missed so much football. If yeah, he's been a year. Everyone forgets that. And he was one for seven today, right? For a preseason game, and you you know your Pro Bowl caliber, you should be tearing up that secondary, or right. at least getting your your groove going with checkdowns and whatever you need to do to get yeah to flow right. That's a great point because he has to get into the rhythm, but also he's not in football shape. I think yeah. like not getting hit in an actual game is you can't. <laughs> You can't try to, um, you know, mimic that. In practice, or, yeah. Right, in practice. It just, his body's not used to it. It hasn't happened in a while. There's a lot. I mean, we're all just assuming he's going to just, mm-hmm. you're going to plug him right in there and he's going to be the same to Sean Watson three years ago. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. that's not realistic. Can I throw out another hypothetical that would be the most Brown thing, Browns thing ever if it happened? What? They trade for Garoppolo and they go eight and two. Do you take him out at that point when Watson's ready to come back if he's playing that well? No. Nah, you're right with Jimmy G. So wouldn't it be the most Browns thing ever to give a $230 million guaranteed contract for someone and then pay him to be the backup? Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that's... Uh, Yeah, that's the MO. So I would leave it at that. So if they trade for Jimmy G, you heard it here first. Bet the Browns to win the AFC Championship. I mean, with that, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could be totally right. JJ made a point earlier that Jimmy G might be the right fit for this Browns team because 
with Baker or with their previous quarterbacks, they were they were just turning the ball over. I mean, Jimmy G's turned the ball over at very inopportune times, but yes. for the most part, he's um, you know he's not like a r- huge risk taker when he's throwing the ball. Yeah. So maybe that's something, and they could just focus on the run game. I mean, just Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt all day. Well, we will see how this plays out. I I think it's 50-50 that they they do trade for him, depending on what happens. At minimum, the suspension is going to be eight games. Personally, I think it's going to end up falling at 10. With that, uh, we're going to go to a short break from our sponsor. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And with that, we're coming back now with a uh, second part of our gambling preview. So uh, first time we did this, we talked about the AFC East and NFC South. Today, we're going to cover the AFC South and the NFC North. So kicking it off with the AFC South, the divisional odds currently stack like this. The Colts are the favorite at minus 135. The Titans come in uh, with the second best odds at plus 170. Jacksonville at plus 800. And the Houston Texans at plus 3,000. So for each team, some key ads this year. Indy's big ad, of course, was bringing in Matt Ryan and taking Carson Wentz out in what I would like to personally call addition by subtraction. They also brought in Yannick Ngakwe and Stephon Gilmore on the defense. Tennessee, of course, traded A.J. Brown. Uh, They've got Derrick Henry coming back from a foot injury. And they drafted Traylon Burks. They traded for Robert Woods. And they drafted Malik Willis out of Liberty, who had a nice game last night in the preseason. Most likely won't play this year, but never know. Jacksonville signed pretty much every mid-tier free agent that was available in the entire NFL and overpaid all of them, but they had the cap space. So they signed Christian Kirk, they signed Brandon Scherf, they signed Evan Ingram and Zay Jones. And with the first pick in the draft, they took Trayvon Walker at defensive end. Houston went a very different road. They're building through the draft. They took Derek Stingley, corner from LSU, as well as Kenyon Green and Jalen Petrie. Uh, some other interesting numbers to, to come across here. So win totals, Indy's at 10, Tennessee's at 9, Jacksonville's at 6.5, and, and Houston's at 4.5. So let's break this down. Let's start on the team front. Any particular favorite, and I know you guys are a little bit more on casual on the betting front, from what we talked about, between win totals, divisional odds, anything stick out to either of you of particular interest, taking an over or under, or picking a divisional odds winner? Uh... For me, the Colts at 10, is Matt Ryan that much better than Carson Wentz? Sammy and John, what do you guys think? Is he that much better? Honestly, I think he is, but I will tell you, I think very little of Carson Wentz as a quarterback. Not speaking of him as a person, <laughs> but as a quarterback, I just his penchant for throwing that back-breaking interception. I know Matt Ryan had a little bit of that in him, but he was... Played under a really bad line for the last few years in Atlanta. I do not think he's like a top ten quarterback by any means. I just mm-hmm. think Carson Wentz is that bad. So that, that's just personal opinion. John, Maddie Ice, Maddie Ice or Carson Wentz? Yeah. 
Matt, Matt Ryan is, is actually, uh, hey, well, not last year, but he's been a good fantasy player for maybe four out of the last six or seven years. But I kind of would have to agree with that. Carson Wentz is just, I mean, he fell off completely. I mean, I think that the Super Bowl where Nick Foles stepped in and won it for the Eagles really did a number on his confidence. Um, but also his injuries, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I have to. I think I kind of have to agree with with Sammy's assessment here. I'm also surprised that the Titans are not the favorites this time around, since they were the one seed a season ago. But they did lose AJ Brown. Right. So was that what they accounted for for the odds? You think? I think that was part of it. Uh, I think Matt Ryan getting traded for is baked into that a little too. And then the big unknown is running backs with heavy workloads coming off of injury. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know, are they gonna come back in the level that they were? So you just, you have a lot of moving parts with Tennessee this year, I think. Yo, I think the Texans are gonna win more than, I think they're gonna win more than four game, five games. Yeah, Maybe that's so that, that's the one you like? You like them going over four and a half? I like them going over four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. I could see six or seven wins for Houston. Okay, so JJ, for you, do you like that Tennessee divisional bet, or are you looking at something else here? <laughs> I would probably go Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I a think, Davis uh, Mills. I'm a Davis Mills believer. I actually like Davis Brandon Mills. Cooks. I will say that. Um, I I don't. I think given the situation he was thrown in last year, he played really well. I don't know if yeah. he's ever going to be an elite quarterback, but I think he'll be competent. No, he'll be decent. So, and I do like that Houston understands what they are. They're not trying to sign quick, you know, quick solution vets. They're building out through the draft. They're not going to be good this year, but they could win five, six games and be one of those teams that plays hard and just builds out. Yeah. So I could see that. Um, so this is actually involved in one of my best bets at the end of the episode. So I'll come back to it for my personal opinion on this. Let's mm -hmm. go to the individual awards now. So there's some here, and this doesn't have to be you have to pick one. This is just do any of these strike you as interesting. So the top two players for rushing leader are Jonathan Taylor in Indy at plus 450 to lead the league there. Derrick Henry at plus 650. Offensive player Taylor is one of the co-favorites at plus 1,000. Uh, Henry's at plus 1,400. And then Derrick Henry leads the odds in comeback player at plus 400. Anything there remotely interesting to you, or are those all passes for you guys? My only comment is that you could argue this is probably the best division with the running backs, with these two in it. I could see that. Yeah, I would agree. But no interesting bets. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a bet as a okay. casual better. Gotcha. Okay, John. Anything? Anything strike you there, or is this a pass for you? Uh, it's. I don't know. Like. I mean, it's pretty obvious that these Jonathan Taylor is, is the up-and-coming, probably going to be the best rusher in the league. Okay. Derrick Henry has had the, held that title, but I just, yeah, I wouldn't touch this because it's just, I don't, like, I, I, yeah, as a, as a non-better, I don't think I would touch this. I'm actually with you on on this, too. I, I just think the odds are too short for, for Jonathan Taylor on the rushing front just because so much can happen to running backs, especially ones with a major workload like this. If the odds for him were closer to six to one or Derrick Henry's odds, I would consider it. Derrick Henry, as much as he's been just this machine, I would not bet anything on him this year because he's coming back from injury. I may eat my words on that, but 
we've seen running backs with these heavy workloads historically, they don't always come back to what they were. And given the fact that uh, Traylon Burks, who Tennessee drafted to replace A.J. Brown, he's still running with the twos and threes in camp. He's not playing well. They might even be more reliant on him than usual. And I just don't know how he's going to do with that yet. So for me, I, not, I'm not seeing anything here where there's good value. So we'll leave it at that with the AFC South. And let's move on to the NFC North. A lot of talk about this division this year for a lot of different reasons. So divisional odds here, Green Bay is the favorite at minus 190. Minnesota's at plus 265. Detroit at plus 1,000 and Chicago at plus 1,400. Just personal opinion, I think Chicago should be plus roughly 4,500, but that's just me. <laughs> I think they are one of the worst teams in the league. But we'll Chicago. go from there. Chicago. Chicago. No. Smith just uh, asked for a trade too, man. Yep. And he's the best player on that team. Yeah. So let's look at some key additions here. Green Bay took the uh, similar approach to Kansas City actually in replacing their star receiver. Uh, although the receivers they chose are interesting. They uh, they added Sammy Watkins, and then they drafted Christian Watson. They drafted Romeo Dubes. Minnesota added Zadarius Smith from Green Bay, then drafted Lewis Seen at safety, and their biggest addition might actually be a head coach. They signed uh, or hired Kevin O'Connell, who was the Rams' O, uh, o coordinator last year. So interested to see what happens there because Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins clearly did not get along the last two years. Mm-hmm. So... Lots of high hopes in Minnesota for what will happen on offense this year. Uh, Detroit, even split. A couple under-the-radar signings. They signed DJ Chark over from Jacksonville. I actually really like that signing for them. Drafted Jamison Williams, receiver from Alabama. He's coming off a torn ACL, but he should be ready early in the year. Between those two and Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, they're building a really nice offense. Jared Goff is the quarterback. Take that for what you will. But... Could be an interesting team getting a lot of hype right now. People love Dan Campbell and his hard knocks rants and caffeine intake. Chicago's <laughs> big ads, and this says something. I love Byron Pringle from his special teams work with the Chiefs, but he should not be anyone's major addition in a column like this. Jaquan Brisker, second round pick. Didn't do a lot. Seems like they're putting Justin Fields in a really, really bad position uh, when you're trying to build and build a team around the young quarterback you figure you build it so he can succeed and it just seems like they're losing way more talent than they're gaining <laughs> so the win totals on this one green bay's all the way up at 11 uh underneath a couple teams at 11 and a half that's the second highest win total in the league minnesota's at nine detroit is at six and a half chicago also at six and a half interesting on both of those detroit's over six and a half is being bet hard at sportsbooks right now Chicago's under six and a half, also being bet hard. Chicago is also on Caesar Sportsbook, one of the only teams, if not the only team, to not get a single delusional fan betting them to win the Super Bowl. Even Chicago the, the doesn't Bears. have faith in the Bears right now. <laughs> yes, it's, it's pretty bad out there. Uh, Green Bay is in the top five for Super Bowl favorites at plus 1,000. Rodgers is in the top five for MVP favorites at plus 1,000. I'll go into some individual <laughs> stuff from there. So, talk to me, guys. Casual look. What strikes you on this one? Yo. Go ahead, John. Sorry. No, you go, go. You go, you go. No, I was just going to say, just for fun, I would bet the under on Chicago. You arguably have the worst receiving corpse. You have probably the worst O-line. And you have a quarterback entering his second year with new ownership. Doesn't look good. 
can I tell you why that bet's fun? Because it's fun to make money. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, know, I was just going to say that. Yeah, go ahead, John. I'm just looking at all of the Green Bay stuff, like Green Bay Super Bowl plus 1,000, Rodgers MVP on here, plus 1,000. I mean, what I'm more interested in is I want to put in a prop bet in here. What are the chances that Aaron Rodgers goes to Burning Man at the end of this month before the season starts? Minus 600. <laughs> he, is he, uh, he going to do ayahuasca again before, uh, before the season starts? Because then Green Bay is definitely going to win like 14 games. There's probably going to be um, a ritual at camp. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, 11, I don't know, man. Like, is Green Bay... I mean, they lost Devontae Adams. I mean, people like the best, arguably the best receiver in the league, right? Yes. Top yeah. three, easy. Can I add so, one other thing on the offense while you're making your analysis here? Yeah, go. David Bakhtiari is not, their starting left tackle may or may not start the season uh, active. And their right tackle's in the same spot as well. So a lot of questions on the offense for them this year. But yeah, on. I don't know why 11, 11 seems high to me. Is that... I agree with you on that. I do think it's high. Um, if it was 11 and a half, I would be betting the under for sure, personally. Um, okay. it, it feels like a high number to me. I agree with you. Yeah. So that's Was that's their 13 and 4 record kind of like lucky last year then? Would you guys say that? It's that, but then last year they had... Bakhtiari didn't play last year, but the rest of the line was healthy. Adams was obviously there. I think Minnesota was in some turmoil last year. Detroit yeah. only won three games. Detroit is going to be better. I don't think Detroit's going to be a playoff team. But I, I do think they're going to be one of those teams that's in a lot of games that people are surprised that they're in. They were uh, in a lot of games last year. Yeah, yeah. They played hard. And and so that, that's where I'm standing on this. I actually, when I first look at this, if I was going to bet a divisional odds play here based on the value and how I perceive the season, I'm taking Minnesota. I like the value. You're getting almost three to one. I think I do not think her cousin is a great quarterback by any means, but I do think he was restricted by having an old school defensive coach for the last five or six years. I think they arguably have the best receiver in football there now in Justin Jefferson. The they jet, really yeah. built out that offense. So I don't necessarily think they're the favorite to win the division, but if it's having to bet two to win one on Green Bay or getting almost three to one on my money with Minnesota, I think Minnesota's where the value is. I just hate, like, I, I agree with you. I think Minnesota has a chance to be much better than nine wins. It's just a lot of it is, is you know, it's going to uh, depend on Dalvin Cook's health. He's, True. That's hmm. a very good and, point. Uh, and Kirk is, for, to me, the captain. You like that? He's just very, uh, I don't know, he's, he seems inconsistent to me. I, I agree. I do think there is one other tidbit I would throw out there to both of you guys on this. Cousins notoriously is terrible when he's taken out of routine. And when I say taken out of routine, what I mean is if he's not playing in the 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock window, if he's playing on primetime, notoriously he is horrible. So this year, <laughs> they've only got two primetime games. They do play a game in London. But it would be at like the normal start time, just on London time. You know what I mean? So they're at Philadelphia Monday night, week two, and they're home for New England uh, Thanksgiving night. Outside of that, every game has a standard start time potentially as of now. 
I actually think that really plays in their favor. So you take the you take the over for Minnesota. I do. I uh, I'm buying in on Minnesota. We'll see if I eat these words, but I'm I'm buying in on Minnesota. And going along those lines, let's let's talk about some individual honors here as well. So offensive player of the year, some interesting ones out there for this division, in in my opinion, Justin Jefferson at plus two thousand. Dalvin Cook at plus 3,000. Aaron Jones at plus 4,000 I think is really interesting because he's going to be very involved yeah. in Green Bay this year. No no Adams. Yeah, with no Adams there. Uh, there's another interesting bet to me. Uh, Justin Jefferson leading the league in receiving yards is plus 900. He's actually mm. the favorite in the clubhouse on that one. Receiving yards. Yeah. Anything, anything on those strike either of you as interesting or something you would want to take a flyer on? Maybe Justin Jefferson, but that's contingent. Uh, receiving yards or offensive player of the year? Receiving yards. Receiving yards, okay. The the new coach is Kevin O'Connell, right? Yes. So just depends how the new system matches both Cousins and Jefferson. So he, um, you just reminded me of a point I wanted to make also. Justin Jefferson came out, and this was in a complimentary way, uh, but he was talking about the scheme, and he said, now I saw why Cooper Cup was open all the time last year. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll interesting see, right? comment, right? That's um, yeah. so just obviously Kirk Cousins is not Matt Stafford, but just a very interesting comment. <laughs> so, John, anything uh, anything you like? Uh, Jefferson is probably the obvious choice here, but again, it's like it's so it, it it's, it's hinging it hit it depends on Cousins. Agreed. I'm surprised Cousins Cup's not on here. Tested, uh, he just tested positive for COVID, but he should be back soon. Um, Cup is definitely, he's high. He's plus 1,000 to lead the league in receiving yards. Okay. I just didn't mention it here just because I was looking at purely the statistics. When we get to the NFC yeah, yeah. West, I'll definitely bring it up. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But he's tied for second for most receiving yards. Um, yeah, I like the Jet. Yeah? Okay. Okay, so for me, my, my personal of these, my best bets... Uh, I like a sprinkle on Minnesota to win the division. I love the over nine because I, I do think they'll finish over 500. And even if they hit nine, you still push. I like Indy to win the AFC South. I, I don't I don't like what Tennessee did this offseason. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Matt Ryan to me is like maybe somewhere in the 12 to 18 range in terms of quarterbacks. But I think Carson Wentz is so bad that they'll win at least 10 games. And I think 10 games wins that division this year. Uh, long shot bet. I'm in full agreement with both of you on Justin Jefferson. I was actually in Colorado earlier this week and threw a few of my own Mario coins on that one myself. So fortunately, Colorado allows me to use DraftKings Sportsbook. California, let's get it together during this November. Dang, Minnesota uh, really, uh, they really landed on that pick. Was he, what round was he? He was a first round pick, but he was late in the first, oh, first round. round. Late yes. first round, right? Yeah. Late first round. Zappy, um, Brett so, under on Chicago with me, man. I think I'm going to ride that one with you, too. Um, it's it's going to be a rough year in Chicago. You no. should say, why don't you bet zero wins, dude? Get it on the You can actually league. bet, you know, so funny you zero? say that. You can actually zero. bet, will a team go 0-17 for something like 18-1 to 1 on your money? So, no offense, Bears fans, but, you know, a small sprinkle there might make you feel a little better if the Bears are really bad. Um, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so... So with that, that's actually everything we have for for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for, for being on. Jay, thanks for joining me for this special NFL edition. 
Thank you, gentlemen. Shout out to our boy, Jun. For sure, for sure. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, man. Uh, I'll shout out to Jun. We'll see him on the next NBA episode. Also want to shout out RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Sammy Neighbor. This is The Clinic Special Edition NFL Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.